Praise be Jesus Christ, now and forever. You're listening to the Bellman Forum podcast. I'm your show host, John B. Manos, president of the Bellman Forum. Today's Palm Sunday. And this begins some of my most favorite readings because it brings together, as Father Harden would say, Palm Sunday is such contrast. Today, people are crying out, Hosanna, and throwing palm branches before our Lord. By the end of the week, they're crying, crucify him. It's our church asks us, this is the only time where you get uh, participatory, you know. That's that word that the uh, modernists love is participation and all that kind of stuff. But you get to be participatory now. You know, it, uh, in this, uh, I, I know we posted some memes on the uh, social media for Bellman Forum a while back, and one of them uh, was uh, when our Lord asked the disciples, who do people say that I am? And they, you know, what were the answers? They were all wrong. Elijah, um, some say that you're Moses, you know, and our, our Lord says, uh, Peter, who do you say that I am? And he finally says, you are the Christ, the Son of God. And, you know, our Lord says, uh, only the Holy Spirit has given that to you. But we see the problem, you know, with this notion of consulting the entire church. Isn't the whole point of the church to consult our Lord and God and his saints? I thought that's what mass was, was a sacrifice where our Lord offers himself for us again. Not this whole horizontal aspect of, uh, oh, let's all talk about what this means, participation, communion, and mission. Now, you got one mission. It's to be a witness, a witness of the resurrection from the dead of our Lord, the passion of our Lord, and the sacrifices he made, and the church he made with sacraments to bring that salvation, that supernatural grace to any repentant soul that asks for it. That's inclusivity in the church, right? St. John the Baptist was crying, repent, make straight the path of the Lord. We don't read about anywhere in the gospel, anybody that repented, none of them were turned away, were they? John the Baptist, we don't hear about him turning anybody away. In fact, he kept going and trying to get Herod to repent, and Herod, look at how Herod dealt with that. Likewise, the scribes and Pharisees. You see it begin today. What was the charge they brought? You know, I, as a lawyer, I, I pay attention to the trials our Lord went through and what a farce they are. But we learned something from the third secret of Fatima from Akita, from the Passion Week. What did the scribes and the Pharisees, when they brought our Lord before Pilate, and what they say? We found this man perverting our nation and forbidding us to give tribute to Caesar. Isn't that contrary to what our Lord said? Render to Caesar what is Caesar. Render to God what is God's. Nevertheless, they charge him with forbidding to give tribute to Caesar and saying that he himself is Christ the king. Now, the first one's interesting. We found this man perverting our nation. Yep, he was... Definitely, when we look at the scribes and the Pharisees and the way they kept trying to trap our Lord and they couldn't do it, and all the way up to just before this, remember, we get the charges of our Lord against the scribes and the Pharisees. Whoa, whited sepulchers. You know the whole, 
we hear that today. Jesus is love. He's the best. He doesn't judge anybody, and he's accepting of everyone. I don't think those people actually pay attention to the gospel, do they? No, there's so many things that our Lord points out, and one of them was the corruption, the compromises that the scribes and the Pharisees had made. And it, you know, go back to that in the gospel and read that and then compare it with today. But focus even closer. We just had it last week leading up to it. Nicodemus. Nicodemus, where the gospel tells us, the gospel writers told us, followed our Lord, but had to do it in secret. Why in secret? Well, because he, they would pretty much do to him what they did to our Lord, right? And, he, you know, Fulton Sheen called him the night man because the gospels say that he could only approach our Lord at night, basically in secret. And the only thing you hear him saying is a question to the scribes and Pharisees. So, you know, he wasn't free to speak his mind among the scribes and the Pharisees. He had to guard his words. Sounds a lot like our priests today, right? Do you think priests are free to speak their mind in the environment in the church today? I mean, I could think of uh, several uh, problems. You know, never mind if if alleged nun who doesn't wear a habit is teaching a do-it-yourself liturgy and openly advocating women priestly ordination. Nothing's going to happen to her. Never mind if a priest or even a bishop denies that the blessed sacrament is actually the real presence of our Lord and instead calls it a symbol or a meal. You see anything happen with that? What if a, a parish has not offered sacramental confession for years and even puts it on their website and in their bulletin? No problem. Never mind if a priest has composed their own version of the Mass and speaks of their own uh, personally written canon. Great. Just what Am Church loves. You could do all those things. Heck, you can even uh, have self-serve Holy Communion. I mean, you know, that existed before the pandemic, but during the pandemic, it was, you know, sanitary. So they say. All those things are fine. But what have we seen? Recent, you know, what was it? Two years ago, I gave the uh, Polarchic uh, uh, a shepherd or, or wolf. And it talked about him expelling a, a priest who wanted a dress code before the Blessed Sacrament. We, we've seen uh, Father Rothrock, who called a Marxist group Marxists, was immediately removed from parish faculties, right? He eventually, after the bishop was corrected and told, yeah, they really are Marxist. He eventually was was restored to uh, orders. But what about these others? Tons of others examples of priests that are removed or this bishop in Puerto Rico. You know, it was the opinion of some priest friends that, you know, well, yeah, that's what you get for not uh, playing the game and toeing the line. So it was for Nicodemus. So it was for Joseph of Arimathea. Now, Joseph of Arimathea, we'll find at the end of the week, we heard about it in the gospel today, he provided the tomb for our Lord, 
And I guess at that point, after seeing what they did to our Lord, he's kind of like, well, you know, now that the temple's been ripped up and everything's been torn asunder, the new thing's here, so he could be open, or he could be public about supporting Jesus. Nicodemus, however, we, we only hear about, he's our guy for today. Just like so many priests and bishops who have to watch what they say, who can't say openly what they think is going on. It's a lot like in the church, there's the Stasi and the KGB informants throughout the church who will report up the line. And just like when last time we talked about that, you know, these empires of the invisible sun, the, you know, the Soviets and the, and the Nazis and how things work. We can take a cue from their cultures, though. If you got a little bit out of line in Nazi Germany, you would be sent for psychological evaluation, just like it is in the church today. If you speak a little too harsh and you don't, you know, tone your words down as a priest, you might get recommended for psychological evaluation. Then you might get sent away from some place where your brain's chemically lobotomized and who knows what else they do to you. If you've ever seen some of these people, they you know, they have a blank, blank look on their face. Their countenance has been erased, a lot like what people said would happen in Nazi Germany. Never mind the KGB. The KGB, was they would do things like that too, but people were more apt to say that people just disappeared in the KGB. Well, that happens in the church too, haven't you noticed? Priest removed from duty and he just never comes back. Bye-bye. We don't know where they're sending them. Maybe there's some gulag somewhere like there was in Soviet Russia. So it was in the, in the, with the time of the scribes and the Pharisees, if you pay attention to his gospels this week and in, in recent ones, our Lord didn't like that, did he? It's like one of the you know, times you hear him like really yelling, he's really ripping into him. I mean, he picked up the whip cords and got the money changers out, but he had choice words for the scribes and Pharisees, didn't he? He wasn't all nice and communion and accepting. He didn't walk with the, the scribes and the Pharisees, did he? He tried to call them the truth, but did they, you know, you think he says it today? You're, you know, if uh, if I ask you a question, you you're gonna deny, you won't answer it, and if I uh, tell you the truth, you're gonna deny it. But to even look at their charges, their charges themselves are the opposite of truth. Why? Because they were full of compromises. Full of compromises. Later this week, you know. In the Byzantine liturgy, they, they start on with the prayers each night. They have some stuff that goes on every night in, in uh, Eastern churches during Holy Week. And there's uh, this bridegroom service. There's, there's a lot of nice stuff. But the chanting that goes on reminds us, Judas was the wicked betrayer. He saw, you know, and they, they, the Gospels themselves don't really explore the motives. They tell us a lot about Judas's outward behavior. You know, he was in charge of the money. He jumps all over things, but he goes to the, the scribes and the Pharisees and cuts a deal. He made a compromise. That's the point I'm getting at here. Judas compromised his loyalty to our Lord and tried to bridge our Lord and the scribes and Pharisees, the world at that point, since they had not accepted our Lord. He made a compromise. And what ultimately happened? He betrayed our Lord. The apostles tell, you know, the gospel accounts tell us the devil entered him. 
You know, that things could have been different had he repented, had he come back to our Lord and said, I'm sorry, right? Things could have been different. He could have showed up like Dismas. He go, you got a thief. You got ordinary guy. He's the one that, you know, comes out with the truth and says, this guy's done nothing wrong. Pilate says that too, but Pilate goes through with it. Why? Because of the force from the scribes and Pharisee. That's why Pilate's in the creed, by the way, to remind us that apostates will use the power of the state to take out the faithful. Now, I've jumped all around a little bit, and I've introduced this idea of compromise among bishops like Judas. Compromise with the scribes and Pharisee. You know, we get an example of two, two scribes and Pharisees that were okay, Joseph of Marathia and Nicodemus. What did our Lord have to do was in today's gospel, St. Luke's account of the Passion, that after the crucifixion, that you know, the, the the veil in the temple was rent from top down. The temple was destroyed. In other words, you know, this is done. So we gotta need something new. Benedict years ago, Pope Benedict, uh, when I think he was still Cardinal Ratzinger, he said, No, I think it was when he's Pope Benedict. He said, we'd become a much smaller church, but a more faithful church. It had to be from reflecting the Gospels. He does beautiful, beautiful, beautiful reflections on the Gospels. Very rich, a lot of scholarly work in it, pulling it from a lot of patristics. Really rich reading. And he had to be looking at this, and I'm sure I'm drawing on some of it, having read that and having read Father Harden and from others. I'm giving you a summary. It's not really a scholarly paper here. But we see it. We see the progression beginning today. The people get whipped up by the compromised clergy, don't they? So today, they recognize our Lord for who he is. By the end of the week, due to the influence of the clergy, due to not being allowed to speak their minds, they're shouting, crucify him, and saying, give us Barabbas, a murderer, instead. Isn't that? What we talked about last episode from Akita, where a lady informs us that the church should become full of those who, or church will have those who are full of compromise. Compromise. That word, you can't be for against our Lord. We talked about that last time. And I brought up that we should talk about the third secret this time, because there's something interesting. We've had a few things happen since the last episode. One, I find it, Amazing how terribly people have gone after uh, Vegano because he says things that challenge the, the you know their pre, uh, ideas. Here's a, he was a nuncio. He's an ambassador. He's familiar with matters of state. He knows a lot of inside pool on on matters of state. He has an opinion on what's going on, an informed opinion. At least should make people say, hmm. I need to think about what he's talking about. But no, people just throwing him under the bus. Well, he's responded to those criticisms because people said, oh, he's off his rocker. You know, they have to insult him that way instead of discuss what he brought up. You notice that? The ad hominem, the fallacy. Instead of looking at whether or not what he said is true, they're just saying, oh, he's off his rocker. However, he comes up in his answer to these critics, buttresses a bunch more things. And in the course of that, 
he brings up that we should be examining the circumstances both of Pope Benedict's uh, resignation or whatever we want to call that. There's a lot of details I don't want to get into too much on that. And Vigano also had said that we need to look at the conclave itself. Now, recall six years ago, seven years ago, I put up there high, high, high octane speculation about circumstances surrounding Benedict's so-called resignation. You have to remember that Benedict's butler was compromised. Who knows who threatened his family to get him to do that? And he stole that Ratzinger report. We still haven't seen it. Almost 10 years later, it's still gone, right? Where is that thing? Where Where is it? Why have we heard nothing about it? And meanwhile, we've had McCarrick and all that stuff. McCarrick was in the conclave, right? Now, people all jumped up and down about Vagano suggesting such things, but he's right. There are legitimate questions there. Problem for Vigano is we've got scribes and Pharisees. You have to talk like Nicodemus today or you get sent away for psychological evaluation, right? Get your brain scam scrambled or you just have your faculties removed. You disappear, go off to the, you know, get sent to the gulags. No more worries about you. Just like Nicodemus and Joseph of Arimathea were concerned about. Do we live a lot of times? It's a lot like today, just like our lady of Akita warned us. Except the Lord does not come in again to die the way he did on the cross for us. He does that all the time at mass anyway. That sacrifice is eternal. It's for us this whole time. Every time we go to mass, it's a commemoration. It's a reenactment of that same sacrifice. So you can't destroy in that sense can't destroy the sacraments, things like that. But if we look at what he did, ripping the temple apart, starting fresh with 12 apostles, only one wasn't from Galilee. I'll leave that as trivia. Look that up. It's kind of interesting. All the apostles were from Galilee, but one. They were kind of simple guys. They were regular guys. They were, you know, we see Peter Peter makes mistake, makes some compromises, wants to stay safe out of human respect, and we know how that goes for him. He repents to our Lord, ultimately. Out of all this in the church, we see a situation like the scribes and Pharisees, but our Lord's not going to destroy it. So what does Our Lady tell us? No, it'll be fire from heaven. And that comes up in the third secret of Fatima. So we have this notion, and I don't know if you were familiar with this or not. Shortly before all this stuff happened with Benedict, you had Podesta here in the U.S. talking uh, with Clinton and others about the need for a Catholic springtime, a revolution in the church. Do you remember that? And you have ties to McCarrick and Chinese money and Podesta and the Clintons and Soros and the banks. Kind of all around this empire of the sun, the invisible sun. Clamoring. The occult world clamoring for something they're calling a Catholic springtime. You have treachery and subterfuge of the Pope's uh, butler that takes away this report 
They say, by the way, that uh, Pope John Paul I had uh, pretty much figured out where all the Freemasonic communist bishops were and had a list and was getting ready to remove all of them. And uh, before he could sign that, he was, uh, he was assassinated, John Paul I. The book uh, by David Yallop, a well-known journalist, gets into all the intrigues with the Vatican Bank and money and all that. It's worth a read. It's a different place, but it talks about the same problem we're going to talk about now. Out of this Podesta thing, we Obama was president then, recall that. The allegation, this goes back to my uh, post from seven, eight years ago, whatever it is, high-octane high speculation on this, that they used the SWIFT payment clearance system, which we're hearing a lot these days with sanctions against Russia. They use the SWIFT uh, payment clearing to remove the Vatican, making meaning just like they're taking sanctions on Russia today and saying they won't be able to do any commerce anywhere because they won't be able to clear any payments. They did that to the Vatican. So you had the treachery with the, with the butler that took away that entire report that had the homosexual network, among other things, and pederasts and others within the church, the compromised people. That got stolen. And next thing you know, they're cutting the Vatican off from being able to operate financially through the swift payment system. Benedict goes through this act, says, you know, I'm not going to be the active administrator of the church. And somebody can verify this, but, you know, allegedly did not abdicate the mandatum to be pope. Some look at that situation. I remember even talking about this way back in the past and even having a post on it. Some say what the way that situation should have been interpreted was there's just a vacant seat until Benedict dies. But we know that's not how it happened. We had the lightning strike the top of the Vatican and people were saying, oh, that's a good sign. I, I had bad feelings about that when it happened. Now, you know, I'll admit, I kind of went along with everybody else like, okay, okay, okay. This isn't a bad thing, but um, lightning striking things is usually not a good portent, is it? So we had the conclave, which Pagano says we need to look more closely at. Well, if you have Podesta, Clinton, Soros, and others all pushing, and we know there's communist clergy from Belladad, and there's other clergy, thanks to the modernist Gnostic types within the church, those who have made compromises. So we have soldiers in the church who aren't, don't stand for our Lord. And we have others in the middle that, you know, kind of uh, mind the, mind the uh, P's and Q's required of a collegial synodal atmosphere. And you got the mix. You got it, right? So you have a whole pack of people that are basically led around by the nose by who knows who. It's not our Lord, apparently. Because they're the ones in the middle that make compromises are in tow by the agents of Satan that are among the clergy. Yeah, and I and you know everybody. Father Harden always said that, that everybody in mortal sin is an agent of the devil, but some willingly do that. Communists that were put in willingly, save for a miracle of conversion, they're not working for our Lord, are they? That's why you can have a. a 
annual award given in the name of Bernardin. You can win the Bernardin Award from uh, in the American church. Think about that for a minute. Why that ever happened. And if you actually bring it up, you'll be attacked like, well, he did a lot of good. We should recognize the good. You know, there's people that run around and say that about Judas too. But I, I, when I read the Gospels, I really don't see that. Do you? Seemed like he's a problem all the way along, and it just drove up to a, a problem. By the way, that's the one. He's the one that wasn't from Galilee, by the way. But if you looked it up in the meantime, now you know that. Well, is there? Or, so we have Begano out there pointing out issues with the current situation where you have the Pope Emeritus Benedict, you have Pope Francis, you have McCarrick and others who were involved in this conclave that was all right in the time of a new Catholic springtime that was ordered by Podesta, Clinton, Soros, people that worshiped the black sun. What is a third, this third secret of Fatima, which we talked about? And the quote is, and we saw an immense light that is God, something similar to how people appear in a mirror when they pass in front of it. A bishop dressed in white. And did you catch that part? Something similar to how people appear in a mirror. No, I just kind of said that last time, but when I brought it up to somebody else, they said, well, if somebody's passed in front of a mirror, you see two of them. I thought that was a good point. You see the real person who's there. You see them from the back and you see the reflection, right? So that's what they're looking at. Something similar to how people appear in a mirror when they pass in front of it. A bishop dressed in white. And I like this part. We had the impression that it was the Holy Father. Not that it was. Not that they were sure. But they had the impression. Now, so you get the mirror... The mirror is like a mirage. The reflection's a mirage, and they had the impression. Does that sound like, you know, there's a trick going on, maybe an illusion? So it's the illusion of a pope. Then, you know, they go on with the secret. Other bishops, priests, men and women, religious, going up to a steep mountain. So we've, we've changed ideas here. So you get this mirror scene. And then you see these other priests and religious going up a steep mountain, the top of which was a big cross as of a cork tree with the bark. Uh, before reaching there, the Holy Father passed through a big city half in ruins. Now, is that the same person that went in front of the mirror? This one, they say it's the Holy Father. Earlier they said we had the impression that this Bishop in White was the Holy Father. But then there's two of them with the reflection. Third secret for you. I don't, I don't I don't know. I'm not a prophet. Those are the words that are there. I think there's something worth look, looking at for a situation we're in today. Don't you think? Something going on with all that. I don't know. And then we talk about all this stuff going on in the church. People needing to mind their P's and Q's like Nicodemus. And if they're friends with our Lord, you know, they got to keep it undercover and you know, at least above during the daytime, you got to toe the party line. Or you might get sent for a psychological evaluation like Father Kalchik or and come back and be a little bit off. Or you might get, you know, just disappear and have your faculties removed. You know, never mind if 
you're caught in Miami in a parked car on the side of the street engaged in a lewd, perverse acts. Yeah, they'll find a job for you. You'll be all right. You know, a little bit of PR just to cover it up. But we'll send you to a school so you learn how not get caught next time. And, you know, we, we need to save that person and help them. But if, you know, you say something that's like uh, that the Blessed Sacrament is really our Lord and you insist on it, and if you want, you know, uh, the Mass of the Ages, uh, the liturgy that's uh, a memorial, that's the regular traditional expression of the Latin liturgy, and you really don't want a woman dancing around on the altar, uh, well, you're tough out of luck. At least today, right? That's what they see here. Because everybody said, well, that when you know, people said before, oh, this is going to be Russia marching on Rome, or it's going to be Chinese troops taking out the Vatican. I don't know, maybe that'll happen. Father Harden would complain 30 years ago that Rome had seen unprecedented levels of priests asking for a, declare, a declaration of nullity for their uh, holy orders. And that Rome was granting them. And then when's the last time, you, you, okay, you can see women religious in, in habits, but uh, not many. Not like it used to be. So where are all these people? Bishops, priests, men and religious going up a steep mountain, the top of which uh, was the cross. And then uh, the city was half in ruins and half trembling with halted step, afflicted with pain and sorrow. Holy Father prayed for the souls of the corpses he met on the way. Most people, when I, when I talk to them about that, they think it's metaphorical, and it does relate to all these good priests and, and religious that are gone. We either were pressed out of service, pressed out of the church, were uh, sent away for evaluation and never were right afterwards. And then at the top, you know, they they uh, the Holy Father's on his knees in front of the in front of the cross, and a group of soldiers who fired bullets and arrows at him. In the same way, there died one after the other: the bishops, priests, men, and religious, and variously people of different ranks and positions. Are they real bullets and arrows, like with guns? I don't, I don't know. They're seeing something in a mirror, aren't they? Or is it like the arrows back in the Old Testament, which were lies and calumny and character assassination? You know, maybe bullets were just a modern touch on it. I don't know. I'm not a prophet, but it's that part that caught me in the beginning. As if front in the mirror, and we had the impression it was the Holy Father. See, see two of them. And you have the impression, but there's all these questions, legitimate questions. And Vigano brings them up and everybody says, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, he's terrible. Don't listen to him. Well, I don't know. It's the same questions I've had in the back of my mind, too. What does it mean? Well, you know, I'm a lawyer. I'm kind of geeked out on old equity. There's a lot of ways to deal with rewinding situations. You know, and Vigano had said we could go back to status quo ante there's other law that could be applied that says an act that would have otherwise been done and done the same way, such as sacraments or other things that happen in the meantime, no problem. But other stuff could be rewound, undone, voided, like what's been done to the traditional Latin mass, right? Because that wouldn't happen in an ordinary period. Maybe a lot of this uh, climate stuff and worshiping Gaia. 
you know, at the beginning of this, we had St. Peter's struck with lightning and I brought it up during the Amazon synod with this, uh, uh, pagan goddess that was, you know, and, and what did we see happen when they're out there in the Vatican garden doing this stuff? There's pieces of the roof of St. Peter's that are falling on the floor. There's your sign. Something's not right. We tend to ignore it. We tend to go along. We tend to, you know, and just, just pay the temple tax. Don't worry about the money changers just to get, to get by. That's what our lady's telling us. Don't keep doing it to get by. Say your rosary that God's appeased that we don't have to send the fire to fix it. But that's what the third secret, the third secret had tantamount to it, the fire from the angel and, and, and asking for penance, penance, penance. And then Akita, God will inflict the punishment, fire will fall from heaven, so, and it'll be so terrible that the, the, the survivors will envy the dead. And then Our Lady says, I alone can save you. The only two weapons that will remain are the rosary and the sign left my son. That's a blessed sacrament. And I have Bishop Schneider out there, composed a prayer. You know, and he's bringing up the other end of it, the first Saturdays of reparation, which, yeah, as I brought up last time, that's important. But listen to his prayer. And then what I say last time, maybe we should be getting rid of communion in hand. That might do more for the church. Bishop Snyder's prayer he put out there, one of the paragraphs in it. In our own day, the mystical body of Christ is bleeding from so many wounds caused within the church by the unpunished spread of heresies. What we talked about earlier, the justification of sins against the sixth commandment, the seeking of the kingdom of earth rather than that of heaven, the horrendous sacrileges against the most holy Eucharist, especially through the practice of communion in hand and the Protestant shaping of the celebration of the Holy Mass. God bless Bishop Schneider. It's what Our Lady asked for, right? Unfortunately for him, it's our lady of Akita said the priests that venerate her will be scorned and driven out of the church by those who accept compromise. Just like Vigano. Then the problem is, it's not just the clergy doing it. Now you got the lay people jumping up. Oh, they're off the rocker, this, that, and the other. I'm sorry, you've checked your reason at the door. You're so afraid of. You know, at least it'd be better if you took the Nicodemus stance. They maybe entertain the ideas in the night and talked it out with our Lord and asked questions instead of making statements in the open. Maybe that'd be better. But just openly attacking and taking the side of the whited sepulchers, those who accept compromise, the zeitgeist of the black sun, I don't think it's going to go so well. There should never be anything wrong with asking questions. Our Lord didn't mind questions, did he? He asked them all the time. Now, there's a difference between questions that are generally going, like the rich man when he asked our Lord, well, which is the greatest, versus questions that are meant to trap. And, you know, there's a lot of gospel, there's gospels full of those differences. But that's, thanks be to God for Bishop Snyder, raising the flag to the issue. Similar Vigano, but, you know, the Catholic nomenclatura, the Politburo of the clergy, the scribes and Pharisees. Get marked by them and you might not be able to get your turtle doves. Worse, if they got a thumb on you, 
just like in Nazi Germany, just like in Soviet Russia. These poor clergy and others bound to this vow of obedience, which is used to do these things, are going to get shipped and sent away. One, if you're lucky in some regards, maybe you just disappear from that world and that you're free to live with your own mind. If you're unlucky, you get sent to some place that scrambles your brains. But isn't it the thing? You know, just to give you an example, uh, this is just struck with me years ago. I heard this story, and it's gonna it's it's gonna sound a lot like what's in the church today. It was a man from Soviet Russia explaining Soviet life, and he said in their, in his town there was a church, a town square, and life would appear fairly idyllic. He said they kept the church there so that when tourists came, they could, you know, see a church and it looked good. And it was a town square out there where it looked like people were free to roam. And he was explaining to an American how life was different. And he said, you know, I have free speech. Nothing is stopping me from going to the town square and yelling out the grievances I see from with the government. And then walking over to the church, kneeling inside and praying to God. He said, nothing will happen. No soldiers will come. Nobody will shoot me. He said, I'll go home. And he said, the difference is, he said, you can do that in America too. He said, but the difference in Soviet Russia is within a week or two, I'll find out that my job has been reclassified and no longer can I have the job I have now. The police will come visit and they'll talk to me about this unstable behavior and show concern for me that maybe I need to go to the institution to be evaluated. And then the Workers Bureau will say, I'm no longer certified for my old job, and I have to take a new job with significantly less pay, which means I'll lose the apartment I live in because I'll no longer be able to afford it, and ultimately my food rations will be reduced. But I'm free to do these things, just like our clergy are. You can have a priest speak the truth and speak his mind for a while, but sooner or later, he'll be told. You can have a bishop follow what the church has always taught about informed consent and other things. But because the other bishops think that that's not right, he'll get removed. And on and on. So many examples, they're endless. You know, another example. In Soviet Poland... Uh, before we go on, the other thing to notice in that situation from the Soviet guy who could go to the town square is just what we see in the church. Others react to a situation like that. They react to a Vagano because they're afraid they'll be sent to the Gulag or they want to appease the masters. They will denounce the guy that does those things. That's what we see in the church. That's why people jump all over Vagano and Schneider now and saying they're off to rockers and you can't do that and you can't do the others. It's not because what they said isn't true. It's because those people think they're going to get something from currying favor like Judas. So on to Soviet Poland, just an example of what life was like there, how it's like in the church these days. It was illegal to own or have U.S. currency in Soviet Poland. Meanwhile, leading chain of stores, department stores that were throughout Poland, only accepted U.S. currency. Figure that out. Same thing going on, uh, you know, about Nazi Germany, empires of the sun, right? 
Speaking things apart from the party line might result in being questioned by the Stasi. Depending on how that went, you might get sent away for psychological therapy, just like the guy from Soviet Russia. Just like in the church, right? Very similar problems, very similar approaches to what we see in the church and how to deal with problem people. Look how they dealt with, our Lord was a problem person, wasn't he? And look how they dealt with him. It's unfortunate, but that is kind of what we're seeing in the church today. And that's what Our Lady of Akita warned about. And this other end with the third secret that I said I'd bring up is this that, that weird part of the vision they saw. Well, you know, it's kind of the same thing that you know, I think of Father Rothrock, and ultimately he was allowed, after, after properly calling BLM a Marxist organization, he was eventually allowed to come back to his church, but he had to write a public, a public confession and apology for using harsh words. It, that turned my stomach when it happened. It still turns my stomach. Because it's no different than Nazi Germany or Soviet Russia. If you, you know, Father Chizik talks about it too, that you get tortured in the gulag and, you know, your only hope of getting back to regular life was eventually they'd come to you with a statement. You sign the statement, the confession of how you were against the state, and you'd be let back out. But there was this confession that everybody was known about where you confessed to things that may or may not have actually happened. It was your only way back, sort of like it is in the church. You know, oh, you have to issue this apology. You, you didn't talk the way the party line requires. Kind of the way Nicodemus. Nicodemus navigated through that compromised clergy by being the nightman. And that's what our good priests and bishops have to do today, don't they? We have to be praying our rosary. Boy, we really do. You know, the, uh, the, the Zompolite and the, 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 the apparatchiks of the church today, you know, the Stasi that go running around. If you weren't aware of it, you should pay more attention to how your priests have to talk about things. Don't talk about hell. Don't talk about all of this other stuff. You know, and Fatima's first secret was hell is real. You know, if you want to talk about what Our Lady talks about, well, just like our Lord, if you want to talk about what God cares about, it doesn't matter. It's what the scribes and Pharisees want. It's what the party line is. Those unspoken rules, you know, in the, the nomenclatura, in the Politburo, they, they run by hidden rules, just like the Stasi and the KGB worship this hidden sun. You know, appearances are one thing, and they say that reality hides inside of it. Just good Gnostic steps, and it seems a lot like how church culture is today. Well, we talked about all those examples, you know, earlier, of the things that are ignored. It's almost like they want those excesses. You know, in Spain, they, they're now using the, the lay women, the... Do clergy, and it's not much different than call to actions uh, workshops that they had 30 years ago on uh, do-it-yourself liturgy. Nothing happened to them. Just got a little silence, you know, maybe not be so loud about that in public, but nobody put them down. Nobody stopped that. 
the clergy didn't exercise their power as fast as they do against somebody like Father Rothrock, did they? Or, you know, up in Detroit, boy, the sheriff's office had to pay money in settlement for a false accusation against Father Perone, but is Father Perone back at Assumption Grotto yet? Or Father Rutler. Those allegations against him were bunk. And actually, when I reviewed them when they happened, I knew they were bunk then. It turned out now, prosecutor's office, others said, yeah, no, no, there's nothing here. Has he been restored? No. No, 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 no. Just like Soviet Nazi times, comrade. It's illegal to have that U.S. currency, comrade. Just be sure to spend it in the correct place. Likewise, it's illegal to have, to have a following that speaks truth and it's not uh, quite in line with the party line. That's put the third part of the Fatima secret and the message that Our Lady of Akita are all about. It's about our times and these problems we see in the church. We seem to only have two ways out of this from what our, our Blessed Mother told us. The, you know, the first option is God's going to remove it. That means, you know, fire's going to fall from heaven. I mean, you don't believe it. When you hear the readings this week and hear about the destruction of the temple, just think about that. I mean, that's how he dealt with it when it was going on then, and we see the same thing happening today. Or two, Our Lady can work it out if we use the weapons she gave us. That is, by praying the rosary and making reparations to our Lord in the Blessed Sacrament. The third secret warns us to do penance at the risk of the fire from heaven. Gita is the same. Both of them caution of this war inside the church. When you look at the Passion Sunday, when you look at Palm Sunday's readings today, and you heard that during the gospel, did you see the war then? It's the same one today, right? You had the clergy accepting compromises and refusing, refusing to follow our Lord, just as Our Lady warned of. And worse, attacking those within that do. Kita mentions those who accept compromise, and I've been harping on that over and over again because you can't. Our Lord makes it clear there's no compromise with him. You're either for him or against him. The Soviets used to have something called compromat. Compromised. How they would compromise an individual. They would have blackmail. The evidence of the blackmail was called compromat. It's a lot like what we hear going on in certain parts of the church and in these seminaries. To get compromise on you, you can move ahead and keep going on. Just like the Soviet times. Through compromise, the control of underlings could be achieved, and much like a strata, you know, it's like that strata in the church today. There's certain nomenclatura that are there because they are compromised. You know, they can have these perverse orgies, these other things we hear about. These people aren't removed, are they? Hardly anything's done about them. There's several names even in the U.S. I could bring up, like, okay, nothing's happened. And it just drags on as if we forget about those things. Do you think God's forgotten? It's because those people followed the party line. But the minute a priest doesn't follow the party line and speaks truth about God the way our Lord did, look what they do to them. It's no wonder our Lord is ready to inflict fire from heaven from what we see today. The fight's in the church. It's an all-out war. You know, we see it grinding down. In the past, I brought up the way Amchurch grinds faithful parishes out 
in favor of those with the, all these liturgical abuse excesses. Slowly, they just keep grinding things out. God bless Bishop Snyder and Vigano, though, for pointing out the obvious and trying to steer the momentum towards what Our Lady asks. You know, if, for us, for our parts, we keep saying our rosary, right? And make those reparations to our Lord this week, particularly through, through Holy Week. When you see the situation and how it played out in our Lord's time, you could tell him, wow, Lord, we see that today. They're doing this to you again today, right? Give you a little bit of solidarity with our Lord and with our lady, you know, unite your heart with hers because these same things they're doing, isn't that, when she sees these things happening to good priests who venerate her, she has to be reminded of this week when she stood in front of the cross of our Lord, when she had to watch him, lied about, accused, tried, sentenced, condemned, carry his cross, beaten, insulted, buffeted, slapped, called all sorts of terrible things, mocked in the whole process, mocked. So many things Our Lady had to endure, see happen to her divine son. She sees happen to our good priests and bishops today, right? What does she ask you to do to console her and the Heavenly Father? Pray your rosary. Make reparations to our Lord in the Blessed Sacrament. Just remember, as we go through this uh, synod of synodality and we talk about communion and mission and participation and what it means to us, just remember through all that, as you were speaking during the gospel at Mass, something that hardly ever happens, the opinion of the people today, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, Remember it at the end of the week. How fast that crowd turned. All because of the compromised clergy, right? Our Lady told you the weapons to fight this and how to stay safe in these times. Let's go out with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Our Lady Fatima, Our Lady of Akita, pray for us. Well, you've done it. You've been listening to the Bellman Forum podcast today, talking about the third secret of Fatima in the church today. I'm your show host, John P. Manos, president of the Bellman Forum. Production of this episode was underwritten by an anonymous donor that asks you to say your rosary daily, just like we're talking about today. If you'd like to underwrite production of the podcast, contact the forum using the contact form on the website, bellarminforum.org. This podcast is a production of the Bellarmine Forum, formerly known as the Wanderer Forum Foundation, founded in 1965. On the heels of Vatican II, as a faithful enclave of the Catholic faith without all the progressive, modernist, Gnostic, empire of the black sun confusion. Without compromise. Got that? Don't compromise. You're either for our Lord or against him. Compromise pits you against him. Don't do it. Our producer sits at the right hand of the Father and will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead. Our executive director made all things visible and invisible. 
Our technical director is an unnamed angel assigned to us by the producer per show. The Bellarmine Forum is a nonprofit public charity, and all donations are tax deductible to the maximum extent permitted by law. This show is copyrighted by the Bellarmine Forum 2022 to the greater glory of God and the honor of his blessed mother.